Welcome, my friends, to this fine radio program and podcast called Smokin' and Toastin'. And we are live in beautiful Beverly Hills, California, where Ian has just lit his, uh, I started to say your first cigar of the day, but that that would be a lie. No, this is the second cigar yes. of the day. This is what I call research, by the way. Yes, and it's important to do research when you do a show like Smoking and Toasted. So. so I am researching this cigar for your benefit so you can find out what this cigar is all about. And uh, any initial research thoughts as we get started here? Oh, this is a great cigar. Yeah, you, you're actually familiar with this one, aren't I you? am, actually. So this is an Arturo Fuente Grand Reserva Hemingway series. Show that bad boy to the camera. The oh, Hemingway yeah. like series. It. This is one of the first cigars that got me into smoking cigars. This is a classic, classic stick, right? Yeah, here. it is one of the one of those everyone has to try one at some yes. point classics. It absolutely yes, and is. as a matter of fact, our engineer will be trying his first one of these oh, today very as well. Nice. I love that. Well, so, we are we are doing uh, smoking and toasting. Uh, we've been on the road before, but we've never been on the road this far from our uh, our normal destination. We're in beautiful Beverly Hills, California, at an amazing place. And I'm tell you, I love it already. The Buena Vista Cigar Club and Lounge. We're right on uh, what they call Little Santa Monica, if you're familiar with Los Angeles. But the address, because I know you're going to want to come here, is 9715 Santa Monica Boulevard, this, Beverly Hills, California. This place has the Out vibe. in Los Angeles. Like, it does. Now, this is a small place. It's not a large place. But it's in one of the most smoking, unfriendly cities in the United States, which is Beverly Hills, California. It's really, really difficult. If you wanted to open up a smoking lounge in Beverly Hills, good luck. Mm. It would not be an easy thing to do. That would be a definite uphill battle. The owners and the proprietors, Rigo Fernandez and his wife, have been operating this one for some time. We're going to try and drag her in front of a microphone here in a little while to tell us exactly how long. But they have been operating this thing, and it is absolutely, absolutely beautiful. So I wish we'd had camera on Adam on the Wheels of Steel just then because he took his first drag of his Arturo Fuente Hemingway and, like, got this wow look on his face. So that was absolutely awesome. So, um, so welcome to the show. We have so much to do. We're, we're, we're doing our first show ever from California, from the Which heart of Los Angeles. Awesome, yeah. yeah, so we're having a great time. I don't know if you had a chance to catch our extra, but at the time we normally put the show up, we put up a short little extra explaining that we'd be starting a little bit later today. One of the reasons is because the Buena Vista Cigar Club doesn't open until 4 o'clock. Right. Uh, they're open from 4 until, like, I think closing time, uh, you know, until 2 well, a.m. So. And, and, and we even said on the primer earlier that one of the reasons they actually get around some of the laws here, one of the loopholes that they manage to work with is the, the, the cigar laws, the smoking laws, are meant in part to uh, protect employees right. from secondhand, from secondhand smoke. smoke. Exactly. And so one of the ways they get around is the only employees here are Arrigo the owner and, his wife. and yep. his wife. Yeah. And so because of that, they you know you have they have limited hours. You know they still have to have a life. Right. Exactly. They can't open at and, six a.m. One of them has two, to be you know? here every day. Yeah. Yeah. Seven days a week to make this work. Open seven days a week. So now, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. Um, Talk about that because I'm gonna punch. Yes, the I was gonna say you're, you're falling behind there, and you got a bigger cigar than I got. So this uh, Arturo Fuente Grand Reserve Hemingway series is such a classic cigar. This is on the mild side. I would say it might not even quite reach medium. It might barely reach medium. But it is a full 
wonderful flavor cigar, very creamy, very uh, gentle kind of smoke to it. Um, it smells, the pre-light sniff on this, uh, when you draw it across your nose, has very much the um, very much the uh, earthy flavors, the earthy notes. It smells like cigar tobacco. It smells like that classic humidor smell that you expect. That sort of cedary. Yes, and it, it's such a wonderful thing. And then the construction on these things are absolutely beautiful. It's got a, a, a mostly closed foot on it. It makes it real easy to light, too. They make a shorter version of this called the uh, Short Story, which is... I recommend if you're even interested in trying a nice mild cigar, that's this is the series to try. The flavor develops. This is so cedary. It's got a little bit of leather, lots of nutty flavors in this, mm-hmm. like like kind of macadamia, kind of um, uh, earthy tones. I mean, this thing is just a flavor bomb of wonderfulness. And I think the way we're going to set this up today mm-hmm. is I'm going to tell you that much about the initial light on this. And I'm going to let Cruz talk about it. And I think every uh, uh, every segment we come up to, we'll just have a little update on our cigar. A little cigars. update on how the smoke is doing. Well, I chose something actually very different from yours. Uh, I, although I will say that is just one of my all-time favorite smokes. I just love it. I'm a little nostalgic, actually, when I smoke one of those. And I haven't was, smoked one of these yeah. in a long time. So mm-hmm. for me, it was like, hey, let's let's just do this on a show today. It's awesome. Well, I have chosen a, uh, a cigar, a little, little bigger ring gauge than I normally do. But I just have loved everything that I've ever tried in the My Father Cigars line. And this one is, and it's been out for several years, the Jaime Garcia Reserva Especial. And this is a nice, uh, I don't know if you call that like an extra thick Robusto or a double Robusto. Because it's, it's about Robusto, Robusto length, but it's definitely a little bit thicker than your standard. Robusto Gordo. Robusto Gordo, I'll take that. Uh, so that's what I've, uh, we, both of these came out of the uh, humidor. Here at the uh, Buena Vista Cigar Club. Now, they don't have a large humidor. It's not a walk-in. It's a sliding glass front humidor. But I think you would agree it's extremely well curated. Yes. The, the, the choices they have are really just perfect. You know? they're, well, they're well thought out because you have everything from a very classic mild cigar to a full-flavored. Um, and, and they have everything price range-wise from something, you know, just to have at the end of the day or something to have when you're celebrating. Right, exactly. That's perfectly put. And, you know, this could almost be a celebration cigar. The first light of this, I really get, and I loved it, by the way, on the pre-light, just just smelling the cigar. It had, it was kind of traditional tobacco flavors, but it had this added sort of richness. It was almost like, um, and I'm, the smell I'm talking about here is a very pleasant one, but you know when you smell moist soil yes and and it just smells so rich and, mm-hmm. and earthy that's kind of what it smelled like it had that almost like rainforest soil sort of smell to it it was really loam. really attractive I believe it's called loam. loam thank you that's the word i was looking for uh, i don't know where i just got so, that word from, i don't know it but in my head and <laughs> the word of the day is loam, loam. Uh, so we have uh, we have lit this i've got maybe the first yeah, i don't know quarter inch or so smoke and I'm telling you, it's already kind of settled down. It's not harsh on the light. It's already kind of settled down, and it's really got a beautiful flavor to it. I'm detecting leather. And oddly enough, because it's such a different cigar from that one, but some nuttiness on yeah. this one. It's just a little, like, it's, I don't know, it's maybe a little darker flavor. A little darker sort of nuttiness. Very well could be, yes. It, it might very be. well <laughs> could be. So. 
Well, uh, nuttiness comes a, in all kinds of ways on a cigar. Well, know? it does, yeah. And so when I think of that, I think of that sort of light, sort of like almost almondy yeah. kind of nuttiness. And this is more like, I don't know, like a macadamia or something that has just Bigger, a little fuller. more... Uh, a little more fullness to the nut taste, a little more but, bitter uh, shell. Yes, yes, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. But boy, you're really good at this. You know, I'm, man, you should I think just, about being on some kind of a show. I, where I was you thinking about, about a cigars. career. I don't yeah. know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so I understand your friends are giving you a hard time about being on the show. Like, oh, so I have yeah. a couple old high school friends that are just angry with me for for having a job where I smoke cigars and talk about craft uh, craft beers, craft and, beers and craft spirits, and it just. Yeah. Angers them to no end. Well, it's uh, you know I I I've told you this. I've told my wife if I ever complain about my job, she has permission to just smack me down because uh, <laughs> because this is this you know bad we're cruise. In, we're in bad Beverly cruise. Hills, California. We're sitting in this wonderfully apportioned older room, and the Buena Vista Scar Club is, is small, but it is two story. This is like a, we're up on the loft story, mm-hmm. so we're kind of overlooking the main room. They've got the air purifiers running. It does not smell smoky in here at all. all. And we're kind of like almost reclining uh, and, and enjoying this this uh, and a little bit beautiful of Robert Cray on the yes. There's nothing to not like about this. No, the music selection is great. They do have TVs down there. I uh, came down here um, uh, a, a couple of days ago and got to watch the uh, Rockets on the screen, which was kind nice. of fun for you know uh, reminding me of home. But uh, I've been all over Los Angeles uh, in the past few days. And one of the things that I've noticed is that every cigar lounge I've gone to, every cigar store that I've stuck my nose into to try to see what it's like, the, the lounges are full. Uh, people are looking for a place to smoke mm-hmm. because it's difficult to find a place where it's, you know, where it's really acceptable to smoke in the greater Los Angeles area here. And um, this is just a place that is so comfortable and inviting. And even though it's small, there are plenty of seats. This place could be full and it'd still be really comfortable. And that's mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I, I really like about it. Um, they got enough uh, smoke eaters going on in here, too, to make sure it's clear. Plus... The ceilings are high. We're we're actually in the second tier, like you said, and it's got um, uh, the ceiling above us, and it's and we're not seeing smokers. People downstairs smoking. We're not seeing a bunch of smoke accumulation. Right. So they've got they've got that drawing out pretty nice, which I always appreciate because, especially like I'm not doing it today, but when you're wearing contacts, yes. sometimes that smoky air can really get to you. Right, can can dry the contacts out and make you uh, kind of uncomfortable. Well, we have, I think, a really good show coming for you today. We're going to uh, try to talk with both Rigo, uh, the proprietor, uh, and his wife as well, if we can drag both of them onto the show. They've been, you know, a little a little hesitant to, to come and talk on the microphone, but we assured them it would be, uh, uh, it would be a wonderful thing. So, uh, so we want to have them on. Uh, we're, we're working on uh, making sure that happens. And we're going to be tasting some California beers today uh, or, or, or some West Coast beers. One of the things we want to do on these road trips, whenever we can take them, is see if we can't find something that isn't as easy to find, you know, uh, back in back in our home studio. The locals, area. yeah, right, exactly. So we want to drink what California's drinking. So uh, I've, I've tried to keep my eyes open in different places, and we're going to be tasting a beer in the next segment that I noticed immediately seemed to be on tap everywhere. I'm not saying I go to a lot of bars. I'm just saying I noticed. That as I would walk by, perhaps, and as see right, the right. taps peering from afar, the peering in the window, 
like a child in front of the candy store. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, but I, I just noticed this was on tap a number of the places that I went. Went to uh, the Rainbow Cafe for dinner. They had it on tap in the bar there. Uh, went to the um, uh, the Whiskey A Go Go for a show. They had it on tap there, uh, and then noticed it, you know, for sale pretty much everywhere that I went. That was, you know, that had beer mm-hmm. in six or twelve packs. So. Um, it seemed like maybe it was a thing here in California, so we'll try that on the show today. We'll also try a little bit of uh, a little bit of bourbon, and uh, and we'll give you an ongoing report because I think that's one thing sometimes we fail to do on these live shows right. is really kind of continue to describe what's going on with the cigar because it does so we'll change over time. That. Like they, a yes, lot of times does. they develop, yes, and yes, and you does. get great flavors all throughout the the. Experience, uh, and I'll tell you something that I've been enjoying doing lately. I don't know if this is weird or, or something you're supposed to do, but when the cigar is burning like mine is now, it's not putting out just tons of smoke, but it is putting off a little smoke. I enjoy just smelling the smoke as it burns off the cigar and that's, getting that kind of flavor in a row. Not just the that's smoke the that you're pulling note, into your room, the room note. They, see, today it's been loam, it's been room note. This is why. Uh, this is why you're... Oh, I got uh, you're on, Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get to those in the next segment. And uh, we're really excited about uh, doing the tasting and finding out more about where the Buena Vista Cigar Club uh, got its start, where it got its name. And I can already tell you, uh, it's going to come highly recommended by me because I've already had a good time This place time has here, a great so. feel to it. Yeah. Great feel, great vibe, great music, and great smokes. We'll be back with more. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Smoking and Toasting. We are on show number 83, by the way. I didn't mention that at the top of the show. We'll have to put it in in post-production like we're you know. were, like you were uh, mentioning during the break. <laughs> right. Yeah. Welcome to Smoking and Toasting. Show number 83. <laughs> uh, but we are live at the Buena Vista Cigar Club in Beverly Hills, and we are brought to you by our, our wonderful friends back home at B&B Butchers and uh, Restaurant. They are located on Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And uh, our next road trip will likely be to uh, mm-hmm. B&B in Fort Worth, so we're looking forward to that. I'm excited um, about that one. I understand Mostly that... Mostly because I haven't been there in a while, and I miss the bacon. Plus, I... Oh, yeah, I know, I know. It's amazing. Plus, I understand plans are afoot to get a uh, little rock and roll band out of Dallas to be on the show that has their own beers. Mm. So more details on that coming up. Yeah. Very exciting. So uh, I wanted to mention that uh, a little bit later on the show, we'll be telling you about uh, some of the changes in the law that have gone down uh, this week. Now, when I say changes in the law, they're mostly changes to the bills that are likely to become law. But some good news, finally, for cigar aficionados. You look like an aficionado to me. Uh, uh, Some good news, finally, for cigar aficionados uh, from Washington and from New York. I just want to say... Yes. I am the law. <laughs> okay. I actually couldn't resist doing that. You couldn't that. resist it. I knew you couldn't. I left it out there for you. <laughs> I know you thought for a yeah, minute there that I, I would say something it, pertinent to our I, conversation. I, I left it out there for you. <laughs> but I couldn't stop myself. <laughs> and that's that's why you're uh, loved and adored <laughs> right. in the smoking and toasting community. So This is just what um, I do. So uh, I had um, um, been bring up from the bar here at the, uh, at the Buena Vista Cigar Club. 
the beer that I mentioned in the last segment, this baby has shown up everywhere when I've been in Los Angeles uh, on uh, taps in uh, the lineup of bottles where you you know you'll be someplace ordering a beer, you look at the bottles and there it is, and it is a uh, a beer from Firestone Walker called the 805. In fact, I wonder if you could hand me that bottle over there, Brianna, and uh, just thank you very much. This is what the bottle looks like. It's a very simple labeled bottle. It says properly chill, and fortunately our friends here at Buena Vista have done just that because it's nice and cold in my hand. And it's uh, 805. I will admit that I don't know what 805 Means it reminds me of like remember no the idea. remember the Rolling Rocks I always had thirty three on them and nobody knew what thirty three meant right yeah. Yeah, yeah from the glass line tanks of old Trobe and all that but uh, nobody knew what thirty three meant it meant it something it still says that same thing on the cans mm. interesting well the only thing I know about thirty three is that used to be what if you were like writing for a newspaper uh, you would put thirty three at the end of your article that meant that's the end. Ah, a way I of never like knew that. Fine or the end, yeah. So but I don't know whether maybe it's supposed to be the uh, be all end all of the uh, of the uh, beer world. I don't know. If so, they missed the mark a little. I will have <laughs> well, to say that. You know, it was a great beer while it lasted. Then right. it got bought out. Mm-hmm. Then it was yeah. not as great a beer. Yes, it and was. Now you there can was buy, a time though that I was loving life with. Uh, now you can buy thirty of them for something like twenty dollars at the local HEB, and you know for giggles because I'm not snobby. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'll try it. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's not. not it's not want. what. It's not what it used to be. So, uh, fortunately, I have higher hopes for the uh, for the eight hundred five. So on the first. Well, I- interestingly enough. This doesn't taste like it's going to be overly hoppy, but it's got a little bit of a weedy, malty character to it, even uh, even on the nose. It I'm, smells good. Yeah, I know you've done your research on this, but... Uh, I have done but, my research on this, and my tasting notes are uh, as follows. Okay, tell me about them. Mmm. That's and, a good uh, Yes, note. please. Yes. So those are two thoughts about it, but um, what you really get on here is a light, malty ale... That's very uh, sessionable, mm-hmm. very easy very. to drink. The hop profile is very minimal on this. There's almost, almost not even there. This is, this to me is what a beer like Budweiser aspires to be. That's a good way to put it you because know, it's a very, and I, and I say this with love. It's a very mainstream tasting beer. Yes, but nothing about what I just said should be interpreted as bad. It's right. wonderful. It's got a wonderful flavor so to it. So what it has, though, it, and it has a, a like a, a sweet breadiness to it that's really nice. Reminiscent of like a fat tire as well. Like fat tire yes. has some of that uh, sweet biscuity. Fireman's 4 has got a little Fireman's bit of that four, too as well. Yeah, although Fireman's really. 4 has a lot more hop profile than this. Um, this, to me, like to back up my further statement, this is what I think a, a beer like Budweiser would aspire to be because Budweiser has a lot of these qualities. But it doesn't have them in enough abundance to make it an interesting drink for me most right, of the time. Right. This has all of those qualities that you would want in a beer that's light, easy to drink. It has mm-hmm. all of those things, and it has them in just the right profile, and it's balanced, and it's delicious. And when you're done with that sip, you're done with that sip, and it's you know, and you want another one. I, it's almost like drinking a deliciously citrusy piece of bread. Kind of, yeah. You know? yeah uh, it it has all those flavors to it, but it's delicious and uh, and and 
thirst quenching. It's a very thirst quenching, sessionable type of beer. And I'll say this: they've got it really, really cold here, which is exactly how you want this beer. This is not a beer you want to do the room temperature thing on. Uh, you know, you I'm going to tell you, I don't think that room temperature would hurt this one too much. Really? I think that I could probably drink this. Now, I haven't tried this yet, and maybe maybe it's worth setting some aside and trying in a later segment and saying, okay, how is that Right at more of a room temperature? Because I'm interested in it now. And what I've found is more multi-profile beers don't get that nasty bitterness that you get with uh, with the beers, you know, when they get warm, Those generally really hoppy beers, you want to drink pretty cold, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. That's that's not what all, I would say. It's not a hundred percent rule, but you know. but I would say also that the hoppier beers can sometimes interfere with the flavor of cig- of a cigar. And when you've got a cigar that's as rich and uh, really fully delicious as uh, this Jaime Garcia uh, Reserva Special that I'm smoking. You would you would hate to bitter that out. It really would because it's not a bitter cigar at all, uh, and some of the hoppier things could have that effect on it. This does not. You could drink as many of these as you want, and the beer's not going to get in the way of your enjoying what's going on here. In fact, if anything, that sort of yeastiness is going to complement the it cigar. It complements yep. and works with it. And what's it, what's fun about that is I'm smoking such a mild cigar. Mm-hmm. That if this was a big IPA, it would pretty much bowl over my cigar. Yeah. Um, and this cigar, which has this subtle, wonderful creaminess and cedary and nutty flavors, works really well with the profile in this 805. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 I'm for it. <laughs> I like, I'm actually, this it. combination <laughs> is quite good. Yeah, it, it really, really is. Well, I'm certainly enjoying this cigar. It's maturing a little bit. I'm picking up uh, some, f- like, dark berry type fruit uh, notes on the finish on this uh, it's really really nice has that changed at all since you started smoking this it this cigar has um, mellowed even from where it was but that doesn't mean it doesn't have flavor it's mellowed in it's profile it's picked up a lot more of the cedar uh, mm-hmm. side of things um, but it still has that creamy and nuttiness uh, going on with it, that classic tobacco flavor. The room note on this cigar is just just gorgeous. Um, it's burning perfectly. It doesn't hold much of a uh, an ash. I haven't been particularly rough yeah. with it, but it doesn't hold much of an ash, but it burns nice and cool and yeah, even. Say, and burning nice and straight, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. Well, so I'm, kudos on construction on that one. I've always been impressed by the way they put their cigars together at Arturo Fuente. They're not a company that... They're not a company that went through that sort of downswing during the cigar boom. So many companies, their quality suffered because of how difficult it was to get good tobacco right. during the cigar boom and right after. And somehow Arturo Fuente seemed to avoid that. I don't, I don't know how they did it. Uh, maybe they just had their own, you know, had enough of their own tobacco that they were growing and just decided not to make more cigars than they could make. Because that's where a lot of the companies got in trouble. Right, when they're trying the to catch up there. with the market. Right, the market was there to sell more, but they couldn't sell more unless they used some really inferior tobacco. So that was that was one of the things that was so frustrating about the cigar boom to so many. And, and so many people were trying cigars for the first time during the boom and maybe not getting the real impact of, of what a really good cigar should be because those were a little harder to find, quite frankly, during the boom. It was uh, it was a little crazy like that. So I noticed you have uh, gone for a relight. So I'll be interested to see your thoughts. No penalty at all. No penalty. That's um, just I so like you know, when you watch me relight that, 
Um, when my cigar started going out a little bit, instead of pulling smoke through it, I actually pushed smoke out, mm-hmm. uh, blowing instead of uh, sucking the smoke in, because that'll push any stale smoke out. And then I heat the cigar on the end, gently, right. until it's lit, and then again I blow, and then puff. And that relight right there is, well... No penalty at all. Great cigar. You know, I I have had a and number of cigars. Still dead even. I've had a number of cigars recently that there haven't been uh, relight penalties on, but the last time I had one that there was, I so noticed it. Like yeah. It was so it you you don't have to wonder whether there's a relight penalty or not because if it's there, it's like whoa, you know, <laughs> uh, a little harsh, you know. But uh, but not the case there. Now my um, Jaime Garcia has not gone out yet, but if it does, I'll let you know. Uh, at at whatever point that so happens. What you, what you want to so. do is you want to not have to know about the relight penalty. Right. But it is nice to know. Like certain cigars you relight, they just don't relight well. Well, and doing the show, we may stop to talk or mm-hmm. be sampling something and you know leave it leave it alone for a long enough period of time that it that it could very legitimately go out, and that does happen. So. Um, so, all right, there is a lot still to come on the show. Uh, we are hoping to talk with uh, Rigo Fernandez, who's the proprietor here at the Buena Vista Cigar Club. We are uh, going to be telling you more about how these cigars smoke as they burn down. We're going to be uh, tasting some more California beers, and we're going to do a little uh, spirit tasting coming up next. You are listening to Smoking and Toasting, and oh, yeah, what's going on with cigars and the law? I am the law. Yeah, uh, that's coming up as well. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting. Thanks. I like that setup. Welcome back, my friends. It's Smoking and Toasting. We are live from the Buena Vista Cigar Club in beautiful downtown Beverly Hills, California. That's... Uh, it almost feels like a game show, you know, live from Hollywood, <laughs> California. <laughs> I love that. Wheel of Fortune. Uh, <clears throat> no, but it's not a game show at all. We're in a really wonderfully apportioned uh, cigar lounge. Uh, by the way, one of the, thing that's, one of the things that is awesome about the Buena Vista, full bar here at the Buena Vista. And it's a uh, yeah, it's a real treat. You don't see that lounge a lot, lot of times. A lot of times it's BYOB. Yeah. I do know, by the way, that uh, our friends... At the um, cafe um, Casa de Monte Cristo in Houston, uh, there by six ten and uh, and fifty nine, have applied for a liquor license for that nice. uh, uh, location. So <coughs> that's uh, a nice that spot. Anyway, through. it's a nice spot. Great guys, great great friendly employees there. Uh, fun guys to hang with. So we'll look forward to that. Uh, but a lot of places, you know, you can bring your own. And some places, like you know, our bud Manny El Cabana Lopez. Uh, has got a bottle of the Havana Club rum stuck away that uh, that he might share with you if you ask real nice. So. <laughs> oh, I need to so make it down there. Too. I'm out of the uh, cigars. Yes, too. I know. Manny, uh, props to you. We've said this yes. on the previous show, but we are overdue to come back and see you. And he does a so. thing. I think is it on Thursday nights where he does Rock the Shop and he plays classic albums. Yes, yes. It's very cool. That's pretty he's, awesome. He's got a lot of really cool and different ideas for that shop, and I'm, yeah. I'm very impressed by, how, by what he's done. Uh, this shop has... It's in Beverly Hills, but it does not have a Beverly Hills pretentiousness to it at all. No, no. It? One of the ways that they got around the, the, the laws here on Beverly Hills 
or in Beverly Hills, because you can't smoke inside and you can't smoke outside, is when you step through the door, you actually go into an alternate dimension. Mm-hmm. That's what I understand, yes. It's yeah. actually the door is a portal right. to another dimension. And it, as much as I joke about that, it actually feels like that. Because this is does. an old right. school... Outs- like, outside, it's very everything sort of shiny Beverly Hills. And yeah. in here, it's just vibey. This looks almost like a, a hunting lodge mixed with old, um, old Cuban... Uh, artwork like and, and, and yeah, it's, it's a lot great. of Cuban photos, uh, you know, black and white photos and stuff are framed in on the wall. Plenty of different cigar memorabilia, and a lot of places do have that. Lots of there's there's but tons of uh, antlers and and right. and hunting stuff up top, but there's also a whole wall over here of, of classic uh, baseball pictures. The, and the place feels old in a very good way. Yes, if that makes sense, yes. it feels old in the way old that antiques feel old. You know, uh, old and comfortable. Yeah. The chairs are just like, you know, they're comfortable because they're old chairs that people have been sitting in for a long time, and then they've survived and made it because they're comfortable, not because they're sort of a newfangled thing trying to get uh, trying to get uh, a, a scientific approach to comfort, you know? These are just from back when people knew how to make chairs. You know, that's, that's the vibe that this place yes. has. So, <laughs> so Ian, um, I know you uh, selected a, a whiskey for me to taste, but before we go there... Uh, give me an update on your cigar. So, my cigar, going into its halfway point, has maintained its smooth creaminess. And actually, the smoothness and the creaminess are ramping up to epic proportions. Epic smoothness is what's happening here. Um, the cedar profile has backed off a little bit. And now I just get this uh, classic tobacco nuttiness and and wonderful... like. The creaminess is a little hard to describe. It's almost like a mocha creaminess, but it's not a real chocolatey mocha-tasting cigar, but it's that kind of creaminess to it. Um, there might be a hint of that, but it, it's a little hard to tell when we uh, when we mix that with the uh, previous uh, taster that we had right. because that malt profile can right. interfere a little bit. But this cigar is still, like, I haven't smoked one of these in so long, and being one of the earliest cigars that I ever tried, is still standing up, and it's everything I ever wanted from it. The uh, Jaime Garcia, I don't know if this is partially a result of the sort of um, yeastiness of the uh, of the 805 that we uh, that were sampling in the last segment, but it's developed almost a sweet taste on the tongue, not necessarily on the draw, but like after you exhale and when you're kind of on the finish, mm-hmm. there's this little tickle of sweetness on the tongue this, I really was not expecting from this. Cigar. I may have to pick it's, one of those up before I leave. Very I haven't, pleasant. Yeah, I haven't very tried pleasant, one of those, but uh, but it wasn't wasn't at all what I was expecting. And I eyeballed that one pretty hard when I was looking in the case mm-hmm. too, and then I got nostalgic and had this instead. Well, you know, uh, had had you done this, I probably would have gone there. So we probably would have wound up with the same two cigars. Um, so uh, what am I going to be trying here, Ian? This is a. Uh, oh my goodness! This smells terrific. It does. This. Is well. Let's do this. Let's do this first before we go anywhere. Oh, you're going to blind taste this. I want you to blind taste this. Okay. Okay. So this is. I know that this is something that they serve here at the Buena Vista Cigar Club. Beyond that, I have no idea what this is. So I just. I want your opinion on the quality of it before we go further. And I can. I can tell you, I've done plenty of research on this particular distillate, and I enjoy it. And it usually is on my shelf. Okay, so 
The first thing I'm going to tell you is that I like it. Yes. Uh, it's very pleasant uh, mm-hmm. mouth flavor to it. Um, it. My first reaction is, well, that is certainly a whiskey. Yes. You know, because it, it tastes like a whiskey. Yes. Then I get a little bit of this sort of honey um, sort of uh, feel and, and taste on the tongue that's very different from the sweet flavor that I was describing, which is more bready from the uh, from the cigar. It's really, I mean, I definitely want to try, it almost tastes like a more sophisticated version of like what your grandma might make you if you had a cold, a little uh, lemon honey tea with a little shot of whiskey in it. That is one of the best things I've ever heard you say about this. Uh. So this is one of my absolute standard go-to's on the shelf and let me because you said that let me give you the tasting notes straight off of their website before okay. I give up what this actually is okay it says the aroma is spice tea and hint of peppermint interesting it says the taste is spice lightly bodied gentle bite and the finish is dry clean and brief and I can agree with all of those whoever yes. wrote that uh, was uh, well versed this is Basil Hayden's Basil Hayden's really Basil Hayden's when this you is get one it on of the a good day in is, whiskey, isn't it? Right. And 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 on a good day like if you buy it at an expensive place it's 40 bucks a bottle. Generally an expensive speaking. Expensive place. Yes. Yeah. Um, generally speaking and uh, and that that expensive place by the way is a little shop around around a corner from a house. <laughs> but if you go somewhere that's less expensive than a little shop around a corner from a house, you can usually get it in the upper 30s. Really? And uh, yeah. and uh, it is just a delight. It's mm. sweet. It's uh, It's got a nice round-bodied flavor to it. It goes with almost everything. I will tell you that the one thing I wouldn't have guessed is that this was an inexpensive Yeah, uh, it's whiskey. not a real pricey whiskey. When I took the blind taste test, I wouldn't, because it doesn't kind of roll around the mouth like a like a a good but less expensive whiskey. It, it tastes like it's, you know, something that that is a little pricey. What I enjoy about this is it's so sweet, and that tea leaf kind of flavor to it that you picked up on immediately is one of my favorite things about this because yes, because it has this refreshingness to it that you don't generally get in a whiskey of all mm-hmm. things, right? Mm-hmm. So. This is a great standby, and also this is one of those where when you're standing there looking at your liquor shelf and you have, you know, 20-something-odd bottles of whiskey, and you go, because I know everybody here does, um, <laughs> and you go, hmm, I don't know what I want. This is the go-to for that. So this is the this is the one you choose when you don't know what to choose. Right, and I also, not to blow Basil Layton's horn too much, but um, I also happen to be up at um, the New Potato one night. Love the new potato. And yeah, I love that bar, and uh, and they had, um, they had uh, uh, the uh, two hearted uh, two hearted ale. The two hearted ale from Bell's. From Bell's, thank you. I was uh-huh. I was blanking on that, and I decided to have a glass of that. And I looked over at the shelf, and I asked the bartender. I said, "Why do you have two bottles of Basil Hayden right next to each other?" He goes, "Oh, well, one of them's a rye." I said, "Basil Hayden makes a rye," and he goes, "Why, well, yes, they do. Would you like to taste it?" And I said, "Well." Yes, I would. Well, yes, I would. Yes. And I ran into one of the best pairings. I think I've even mentioned this on the show. One of the best pairings ever was Basil Hayden Rye. And Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. And Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. Interesting. Like, those two things are so good together. But this has been a standard on my uh, liquor shelf for a long time. This one, like, uh, a few of these bottles 
in this price range that I never go without are generally going to be Knob Creek, which is just a good standby as well. Right. It's going to be Basil Hayden, and it's going to be um, uh, uh, Buffalo Trace and Eagle Rare. Those so are is, like. Is this the rye or is this the. Uh, no, no, this, this is, is the, the straight rye. Kentucky okay, bourbon that's what whiskey. I yep. And you know, it's funny too because all this flavor happens and it's at 40%. It's wow. A, it's at 80 proof. There's not. It's not over. Proof not or anything like proof, that, yeah. and it's surprising that you get that much flavor. I generally like, uh, much like Chris Hart said last time he was on, he likes those big overproof flavors. He likes that. Right. I was just about to say, don't hate us, Chris Hart. This yeah, is right. a, this is a really <laughs> good whiskey. No, this don't is hate on us. Bang for the buck. This is a great whiskey. If I put this on the price versus quality scale, the yeah. price versus quality oh, index, huge. Huge. Um, yes. Then I'm going to give this a six to a seven at least because I be I really believe you're getting more than you pay for. I would agree it's with you there. It's a great bottle. It also is a very nice pairing with this cigar. It's and I'm going to almost guess it's, it's a nice pairing with almost any cigar. Wouldn't, yeah. you, wouldn't you say? I haven't yeah. actually run into a cigar that clashes with it. And I think that it's got a friendly enough profile. It, it, but the other thing, too, is it's not outside of the price range to, to use as a mixer, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a high end, higher-end mixer. But, man... You know that's going to make a that's going to make a great old fashioned yeah, yeah. old fashioned you know oh, and, and a lot of people like to use rye this is very sweet so the old fashioned if you like your old fashioned real sweet that's going to give mm-hmm. a lot of that wow. profile to it it's it's delicious I wanted to mention just before we close this segment um, and if you're watching on Facebook Live or YouTube uh, you can see what my cigar is doing here which is my first first thing I've been less than thrilled with about this Jaime Garcia but the burn has grown uneven on the wrapper around one side. Now, in fairness, that's probably my fault because I've been talking and drinking and, and haven't probably been smoking it as evenly as I should have. But I will say it's not been as forgiving of that as as I like. That's I can, pretty far. You're going to have to tend that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tend it, and I'll do it during the break, and I'll let you know how it holds up to the tending. Uh, yours, you know, you I saw you touch it up, and... You said it held up beautifully, no penalty, nothing. I so. actually relit mine twice, and there's no penalty well, yet. So we'll see. I have not relit this one yet, and as I've, it's been doing this for a minute, I've been kind of watching it, and I haven't really had a, uh, an opportunity to set the mic down and light it. So I'm going to do that during the break, and we'll be right back. We'll tell you how this does. Uh, this is not an inexpensive cigar, so uh, I'm, I'm going to look this up to see if I'm right, but I believe it's an 11 to $12 cigar. I believe so. Uh, so I'm, I'll look that up and find out how... How right, but I've been loving the flavor. If I can touch this back up and not lose any of that, I'm going to be pretty happy. If if it suffers though, that that PDQ is going to go down yep. just a little bit. Yep. So, all right. So it's smoking and toasting. We're live at the Buena Vista Cigar Club in beautiful Los Angeles. We're in Beverly Hills, actually, and uh, we're really excited to be Does here. Anybody have a Weezer song stuck in their head? We love California. We tolerate Weezer, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting live from the Buena Vista Cigar Club in beautiful downtown Beverly Hills. Uh, we are not only live from here, but we are brought to you by our friends. And we need to do another live show at B&B as well. We're brought to you by our friends at B&B Butchers and Restaurant. Uh, it's time to go and have a... It's time to go do a show at B&B and then stay and 
drink some of the amazing uh, whiskeys that Jeremiah's got there and have a really nice steak dinner. Nice doesn't, doesn't that sound amazing? So, uh, you, you guys, if you follow the show for a while, you've seen Jeremiah. And mm-hmm. I just want to let you know that Jeremiah is a busy guy. Jeremiah, in my mind, looks just like the Tasmanian devil when he's at work. Yes, and he sounds a little he's, like the Tasmanian <laughs> devil at times, too. That <laughs> <laughs> thing that he's got going on. But we love that about him, and he's one of our favorite he's, guys. He's a great I, uh, I wanted guest to, on the show. I wanted to mention a couple of things, and then I want to tell you about my relight on the Jaime Garcia. Uh, <clears throat> but the first thing I wanted to mention is that <clears throat> Adam, who's our engineer, we always say Adam on the wheels of steel, um, uh, his fiance uh, Brianna is along with us on uh, this show, and she just smoked a Rocky Patel decade robusto while we were uh, doing the first couple of segments of the show, and she's over there just like with this huge grin on her face. That's a great. She cigar. loved loved the cigar, and it's a great cigar. It's one of my it, it's one of my go tos when I yes. when I'm someplace and I really don't know what to do. I was like, I'm either going to try something I don't know, or I'm going to go with go the with Rocky that yeah. decade. It's just it never disappoints. All right. I have done the relight. You remember I showed you this if you're on Facebook Live, how this was What uneven. we call a run. Yep, a run was happening. I touched it up. The first thing I'm happy about is that it touched up easily. Sometimes when you touch up a run, it kind of burns right mm-hmm. up for you and, and reestablishes. Sometimes you've got to keep tending it and tending it and tending it. So the first thing I'm happy with is my cigar looks pretty even again. Second thing I'm happy with is there was a brief maybe one or two puffs with a little harshness and that has now completely dissipated i'm back to full enjoyment of this cigar and the flavors are still there i haven't i didn't mess it up i guess is what i'm trying to say i'm pretty happy with that um where are you on your uh, arturo fuente i'll tell you this uh particular arturo fuente is falling a little bit flat right now okay and this is the unfortunate thing is um it, I see it's well, maybe peeling it, a little bit. I relit it twice, and I didn't have a penalty. But after the second relight, now I'm getting a little further. I'm getting a little bit of harshness. But also, I'm getting a little bit of flaking going on on the uh, on the wrapper yeah, I there. I see the wrapper flaking now, a little bit. Now, this is not enough to be annoying yet. It's enough to where I can just hold my cigar proper. Mm-hmm. And, but mm-hmm. it's probably going to make it burn a little uneven. But what I'm more interested in is let's see if... If that uh, the the dual relights and a little bit of flaking makes it more harsh than it is, if it right uh, if because it, it's such a mildly mm, pleasant cigar, it is that and, it, it's hard to and it's hard to imagine that being harsh. You know? This cigar will load up flavor wise a little bit and become a little bit bigger at the very end. Uh, in my experience, I'm hoping that it doesn't become a bitter cigar um, at the very end of this. And this would be, and I'll tell you uh, right off the bat, this would be. Um, this cigar's problem, not this whole line's problem. Because right. I've had many, many of these, and they smoke great. And every look, time. even the very best cigars in the world, yes, will sometimes have one that will have a construction issue these or the wrapper doesn't. Hand made yeah, it's a product. handmade product, so they're going to be what they are. Um, Brianna, I wonder if you would be so kind as to hand me the uh, bottle on this next uh, beer that we are uh, going to talk about here on the show, and this is. Uh, something that is, I've never seen this outside of California. It is the Carl Strauss Brewing Company Big Barrel IIPA. I'm not the even I-I-P-A? sure. IIPA? Yep, see, look at that. That says IIPA on the, the bottle. IIPA. And I'm not sure exactly what an IIPA is, 
But here's what it says. It says, Big, Big Barrel IIPA rides alone in the crowded sea of hoppy brews. This effervescent brew pours bright and golden with a juicy aroma of grapefruit and melon bursting from the glass. And we'll see if, we, if I can pick that up or not. Um, vibrant berry and citrus flavors envelop your senses with every sip. Big Barrel's unique characteristics come from Nelson Sauvin hops imported from New Zealand. Warrior and all, uh, and I apologize for how small the uh, the print is and how tough it is for for me to read this. Uh, Alton Alton Anum hops add an uh, assertive bitterness. Big hops, big flavor. Yeah, this one's a big deal. It's handcrafted from San Diego, California, and I want to hand that back to you. Um, <clears throat> so I'm real interested to try this, and I'm 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 hopeful this will be one of the really good hoppy IPAs. Okay, and while you're doing your research on this particular IPA, while the drum roll is happening, I want to revisit something we talked about earlier, which was the 805, and what would it taste like if it's not cold? Okay, because uh, after thorough research, yes. After thorough research, and it's sitting there and getting warm, it still tastes fine. That's good to know. Even flat, it's a little yeah. flat, and I like to have a little bit of carbonation mm-hmm. in, in a... Um, you're like, it's a little flat, but you know what? The flavor held up. It didn't get bitter. It didn't get yuck. Right. It didn't get weird. It was actually still quite drinkable. And I will tell you, you know, we were comparing it to a bigger uh, brand, mainstream beer, and, you know, not for nothing, dilly dilly, but there's nothing in the world worse than a flat, warm Budweiser. Ugh. It's horrible. Ugh. Like, I will drink a Budweiser if it's nice and cold. That makes me vomit uh, a little bit in the back of my mouth. But yeah, it, it, but, but a warm <laughs> Budweiser is not a happy thing. It really isn't. And I try to maintain a certain aura of happiness these days because, you know, when you get to a certain age, it's just not worth being unhappy anymore. Right. You know? You, you got... You got a lot of your life behind you and maybe a little bit to go. Let's make it as happy as possible. And warm beer, especially warm, you know, mainstream beer, does not make me happy. Uh, So that's good to know that that can warm up a little bit. That actually, I had no problem with that. Now, I would like to talk to you about the Big Barrel IIPA. I I have not experienced the IIPA. uh, So you talk, I will experience. Okay. I am in love. This is fantastic. This is one of my favorite IPAs that I have tasted in a very long time. Uh, what I read you off the side of the bottle about the grapefruit and some of the flavors, not inaccurate at all. I'm impressed. Thoughts? Uh, so, first off... Just I don't know if this is your kind of IPA. Just putting this up to my nose, when you say citrus, mm-hmm. like this is a citrus bomb. It is, but it's not one of those juicy IPA type. No, uh, you know, it's not the New England hazy juicy IPA. No, it is a citrus bomb, and I love that because, and I talk about this all the time on the show. I love IPAs, I love hops, but I like to have a beer when I'm smoking a cigar. And some IPAs that I really enjoy, if I'm not having a cigar, really ruin the cigar experience for me with the bitterness. The more citrusy ones, I get the hops, but I also get the citrus on the finish that keeps me from feeling like it's going to bring the bitterness to my cigar. And I'm going to take a big draw now and tell you how it does. But (laughs) Do that. This has such an interesting middle profile that follows right down the center of the tongue and leaves a sweetness on the aftertaste. There's a little dryness like you get from... um, 
like you get from a wine, like almost a little astringency on the end, but in a wonderful, wonderful place. Mm-hmm. Or a wonderful, wonderful way. But it leaves a sweet aftertaste. Right. Like, I was not expecting that at all. No. That's very unique to this. And the the upfront bright, like, punch of flavor is very reminiscent of some of the Stone Breweries um, IPAs. It yes. has a big, bold flavor, but not bold in a, I'm just trying to be strong. And bold in a, I'm making a big, strong beer kind of way. But then it finishes with that sweetness that I was not expecting at all. There's almost no no bitterness to the aftertaste. Yes. And that's what's different about this from the Stone. And we all know I love the Stone. The whole line is I've never had one I haven't liked on some level. But some of those are a little difficult to pair with a cigar. And this brings in that sweetness and that citrus that makes it pair. And I've just taken a really nice long draw of this. Really continued to enjoy the flavor of the Jaime Garcia, and it has not been impacted negatively at all by the Big Barrel IIPA. Very, very impressed with this beer. Very so impressed. So I will tell you, I, I enjoy this. However, it has destroyed my cigar. Really? Yeah. Now that's there's, interesting. There's no flavor left in my cigar. Because it's a milder cigar. Because, because it's a, well, my cigar is a much more delicate, much more right. mild flavored cigar. Mm-hmm. And when you put something this bold in front of it, you just don't taste it. Now, this one is holding up. The well, that's a much up. bolder cigar. Yes, absolutely. So this is where the pairing really that's makes why a it's big important. difference. And that's, you know, it, it's something I really hope that as the show continues to develop, that we talk more and more about that. Some wonderful beers and wonderful cigars work great together, and some wonderful beers and wonderful cigars don't work so great together. Well, this is easy. We just have to convince the studio to let us smoke in the studio. Well, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> I can see. That's, that's super easy. Maria, who owns the building our studio is in, if you're watching, <laughs> we're just kidding. Don't. Just I can see him shuffling down the hallway now to, uh, uh, to uh, Mario. I love him, but he's like... Mr. Tudball on the old Carol Burnett show. <laughs> That's how he walks down the hall. It's pretty funny. Uh, so this is, this is terrific uh, IPA, and I apologize for killing your cigar. But, again, these are the things, you know, when we do research, we enjoy what we do. But it is always important for us to be able to uncover these things so we can so we can share them with people and it's not like we're see, the only people who could find this out I we're did just that lucky so that you do don't have to yeah that's right see if that's you the get way the IIPA make sure you have a medium to full bodied cigar right or or drink it without the cigar and maybe do something to cleanse your palate and have the cigar later and so. if you want a great pairing try the basil hayden and pair it with that arturo fuente that i just had they're great pair together. So let me Sometimes give you, a, you win. Let me give you a quick little update on uh, cigars and the law. We have a major victory to celebrate today, and that is that what we've talked about on a couple of the past shows about a potential black market for cigars in New York because cigars were about to be taxed, according to a new bill that was coming on, at 75% of ah. the wholesale price. Current tax level for cigars in New York is about 25% of the wholesale price. The cost to the the cost that they were going to have to be marked up to, and already cigars can't sell for less than $8 in New York. Which uh, is just crazy. Which is nuts. But on top of that, there was going to be the 75% on the wholesale tax. That has now been taken out of the bill in its final form. So it means that the bill, the spending bill that it's on, or the tax cut bill that it's on, or the tax increase bill that it's on, 
can pass or fail, and it won't matter on the cigar uh, front. So a huge victory for New Yorkers, a huge victory for people like us who like to travel mm-hmm. to New York and go and smoke in some of New York's finest cigar stores and, and lounges and and maybe some of their not so finest cigar stores and lounges. But it, but it's a fun thing to do, and so a major victory. I, now I don't know that I've ever actually been in a seedy cigar lounge. No, that's a, that's a really good point. CD is not right. Some are more elaborate than others. Yeah. And some, like where we are here at the Buena Vista Cigar Club, uh, are it's elaborate in the most homey kind of a way. Yeah. That's why it's so weird that this is in Beverly Hills. <laughs> this is, I mean, it's very nice, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't feel like that pristine, no, snobby it's such a warm, Beverly Hills. Feel. It's a very warm kind of a friendly feel. And this is the kind of place where you could come in for a drink and be here for hours. Yeah. You know? It really is. But You can uh, lose yourself with that. Second bit of legal news I will tell you coming up in our final segment. And we have one more beer to taste. I'm going to enjoy a little more of this IIPA uh, during the break. And we'll be right back. You're listening aye, to... Aye, s- Captain. Aye, aye. We're li- you're listening to Smoking and Toasting. I am what I am, as Popeye used to say. I am. Uh, are you old enough to know about Popeye? You're listening to Smoking and Toasting. <laughs> On the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting, and we're doing both. And by the way, I just want to say cheers to New York because that is fantastic news yeah, so about, glad. about the so uh, glad for them. you know we we have so much bad news on the legal front it seems like that to get good news like this is just I mean it's it's a wonderful wonderful thing so all right um, I want to talk about this uh, Jaime Garcia cigar a little more but we're gonna do a little Allagash white in our final segment and uh, do you know much about this beer Ian is this something you're knowledgeable I've in? had this years ago Mm-hmm. And uh, Allagash makes great brewery, mm, uh, yes. great great beers. Anyway, um, but when you put this to your nose, like maybe it's just me. I smell like white grape almost. Well, it's and, interesting. And the so, weedy uh, breadiness. And so, what is a white beer exactly? Like, what makes a beer other than the color? Of course, because it's most white beers are very pale. Well, but, it's, a lot uh, of times it's considered more of a wheat beer. So okay. the wheat profile is bigger than the malt profile. Some, well, it's more yeah. weedy than the. the well, standard. sometimes when you describe a beer by color, it doesn't always match the color. For example, I've had some pale ales that were not pale at all. They were right. wonderful ales, but they weren't necessarily pale. I've had other beers that were much paler than the "quote unquote" pale ales. Even I've had IPA, red ales that were downright brown. Even IPA stands for India Pale Ale, and some of the IPAs are are really dark and and uh, and not pale at all. But uh, but with a white, you usually can count on it being well. Two things I've noticed about whites: one is that they're generally uh, a whiter, even more some, somewhere between straw and white in color, mm-hmm. and they generally have a very white head of foam on them. Yes, uh, so they've got a little bit of that wheat profile. Talk a little bit about Allagash while I take a taste here. Well, let me tell you what's happening with this thing. This right here is about as refreshing as a wheat beer with grapey kind of and banana. Fruity yes, flavors, and and then well, a, a lot of the wheat beers and seem then to have a bit of the banana. Bread, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Uh, that's that 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 yeast and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It's very yeasty flavored. There's a little bit of overripeness to this, but not a lot. Not enough to make it 
uh, not enough to give it a funk. Um, and sometimes funk is a good thing, but not right. enough to give it a funk. But this is one of the cleanest, most refreshing <laughs> examples of this style of beer that I think I've actually had. Like one it of our, finishes so clean. It, one of our favorite uh, uh, breweries, one of our favorite craft breweries, is called Funkworks. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's it's a great brewery. And funk is is not necessarily a bad flavor. And as we learned from the boys at Stone, dank can be a good word when it comes dank to beer be. as well. Yes, uh, but this is neither funky or dank. No, it's uh, is... it's very clean. Yeah, it, it it drinks very clean, but it has a real. It has a real uh, interesting flavor. There's to it. so much interesting going on with this. This is again yeah. such a good example of of a great uh, uh, white ale. This like the retro hail on this has just this banana effervescent oh, and and, uh, and and bright fruity flavors kind of uh, cutting through. Um, if you made this a little darker, it would almost be more like a, a Belgian style. I don't flavor. know if I would like it as much if it were darker. Like it, but it feels like it needs to have this. Well, I don't want to change sort of, this. Yeah. This is great right, the yeah. way it is. I'm just I'm just trying to wrap my brain around all the different things that are going on with this particular with this particular beer, and it's it's delicious. So we've had two beers uh, on today's show that had a a bit of a yeasty profile yeah. to them: the 805 and the Allagash White, and this particular cigar. The Jaime Garcia Reserva Especial responds very well to the yeasty flavors. It brings out a sweetness in the cigar that I hadn't really, I didn't notice as much with the IPA. Even though I would tell you the IPA was a little bit sweeter itself than than the white. It's a real nice pairing. Now I don't know. Are you out? Are you going to be I'm, able? My to- cigar's out. Uh, I'm not uh, going to relight it a third time because I've never experienced a cigar that you relight three times that doesn't have a brutal penalty. And besides that, I'm down to the end of a cigar. It's very acceptable to be done with a cigar at this size. Sometimes even more. However, um, that cigar is one of my favorite cigars in existence. I'm a little disappointed with this one that uh, it went out a couple times, had a little construction issue. Um, but I think that it's not because of the, the, the brand uh, construction. I think what happened is maybe the box got abused uh, at some point in time. Because so, um, Adam had the same cigar as I did, and he had some of the construction issues as well. His he had some draw problems with. Right, yeah. he had some draw problems. He had that. So I think what may have happened is maybe the box got a little dry and then didn't rehydrate properly, or something like that may have happened. It's a little hard to tell, but yes. I have actually never experienced... And especially two from the same box that have had issues. So I can only assume that that box suffered some kind of. And I will say uh, it's not the humidification here point. because this this cigar right. has been almost perfect, other than that one little right. problem that I had, and it ha- it was sitting like three boxes away from the uh, uh, from the Arturo Fuente in the same you know in the same uh, humidor. So right. So due to experience with the cigar and the fact that two of them have. Have had issues. I'm assuming that the box suffered some kind of trauma that is abnormal from them. And I am actually standing up and sticking up for Arturo Fuente on this because I've never had uh, cigar issues like that, let alone two in a row. I just want to mention that if anyone tells you anything about how I feel about your band, I like your band a lot. I really enjoy uh, seeing you guys uh, on uh, YouTube. And uh, you played me uh, a song a while back that I thought was just terrific. Really, really like you. I just—I know I changed the subject a little bit. I just wanted to mention that. 
That's that's good to know, Cruz. <laughs> do you, do no. you have to run off to the bathroom for a minute? <laughs> I'd like to speak with Facebook yes, for a moment. Yes. No, I was I was I was messing around and ragging on joking. your band a little when uh, when you were off selecting the beer. So uh, but just so you know, I really was joking because I, I, I do am, love the black. I am Bobbers. very realistic about what my band is. We are big dumb rock. Yes, and, and we don't try to be anything else. We are I certainly not going to try rock. and change your political outlooks. <laughs> We're just trying to rock. Yes, exactly, and that's and and more bands need to do that. As far as I'm concerned, let's bring back. That would be a good T-shirt. Bring back big dumb rock. Yes, yeah, I love it. Big so, dumb rock. Uh, let me tell you very quickly that there is the um, the government has promised to review the petitions uh, to get them to strike. Um, premium cigars from this big legislation that's been pushing its way through uh, Congress in uh, in the, on the federal level. This is the one where cigars would have to have a warning label that was one-third the size of the cigar. It's a little on ridiculous. Them. Yeah, a little ridiculous. It also has to do with uh, it has a lot to do with cost and, and a, a, if, if this legislation goes through, it's a very, very dark day for premium cigars. And the good news is there's some real momentum against uh, premium cigars continuing to be included on this because it's not what the bill's really about anyway. Right. Uh, having premium cigars on that really almost requires a misunderstanding of what premium cigars are based on what the bill's trying to accomplish. You know, so. when, we, uh, when we did our interview with Rocky Patel last year, mm-hmm. he actually mentioned, like, his... His role in his company has changed. He's still there for blending. He's still there for, for different things. But he spends a lot of time working on those issues yes, he right does. there. He spends as a lot of time in Washington. As a matter of fact, and I'll try to come up with a link to this uh, if it's still on the web, which I assume it is. But uh, I got a chance to see uh, a buddy of mine texted me and said, Hey, uh, uh, Rocky Patel is on Fox News right now. I'm not a big Fox News viewer, uh, so I wasn't able to get to it to watch it, but I was able to track the um, the clip down on mm-hmm. the web, and he was on Tucker Carlson's show talking at length about his concerns about the cigar legislation and how damaging it can be for an industry that is, you know, employs thousands of people. Uh, it's a luxury product, just like a craft beer or, or a fine wine, and uh, doesn't need to be regulated in the way that this bill suggests. And Rocky has been fighting tirelessly. And like you said, he talked about that when we talked to him. Well, Plus, while you were out, I had Trey Boring uh, as a guest on the right. show uh, from Cigar Rights of America, and he spoke very eloquently about how off-base this law is and why it it needs to be if there does need to be regulation of the cigar industry further than what we have which i don't believe there does this is not the regulation that no, it needs it's not. it doesn't accomplish what it what it's seeking to accomplish and it hurts the industry and it hurts people who are enjoying a product that is not illegal and is not something that is consumed in any way well, by minors. Let's talk about the moral implications of this too. Okay, so cigars are legal, right? Yeah. Price gouging is not legal. Don't you think the government with their taxes are doing a substantial amount of price gouging? That's a very good point. That's a very like, good point. Why does the government get away with that? You know, your local gas station, when every other gas station runs out of gas, is not allowed to jack their price up to eight dollars because they can't. That's called Gouging. 
Well, one and, of the things that and always they do this on cigars and tobaccos in general so much it's actually ridiculous. I don't smoke cigarettes anymore, and and um, and haven't for years. But even that, like that's you know you know going into smoking cigarettes that. Uh, that this is bad for you. Cigars aren't the same thing. You're not inhaling cigars for one. Now, I'm not saying there are no health risks to cigars. Don't don't misquote me on that. Right. However, don't you think that if I can't read a tiny label that says, or it's not even a tiny label, it's a pretty good size label that mm-hmm. says smoking is dangerous to your health, do you think I'm going to be able to read one that's three or four times that size? Because yeah, if that I can't read it small, I can't right. read it big. It I mean, I am getting old. My eyes aren't so good, but you get what I'm saying. It isn't about the size that's of ridiculous. the ridiculous. The warnings. The warning labels are perfectly large enough to be read. Yeah, perfectly. And they're large prominent. Enough. They're on the front of every box. Now, let me, As a matter of fact, you have these beautiful cigar boxes with this big warning label that just makes it look ugly anyway. Here's what frustrates me, America. I'm sorry for a moment. I. Lapsed into talk show host. Uh, I saw that. There. Did you like that? <laughs> yeah. No, here's what frustrates me. It's too easy for senators and congressmen who want to be reelected to put a tax on something like tobacco or cigars because those are not something that are consumed by, you know, 80, 90 percent of Americans. If they put it on your income, which everybody pays tax on their income. Those guys might get punished by not being reelected, mm-hmm. but putting it on a product like this is just an easy way for these guys to price gouge, as you were saying. Oh, it's but it's not tax have to pay a penalty it for it. And what I love about what has happened this go round is that cigar manufacturers and cigar lovers have been very vocal about saying you will pay a penalty for this if you pass. Well, this. and back to back to your New York uh, uh, conversation earlier. All cigars must cost $8. Even $4 cigars, even $3 cigars. It's ridiculous. Cost $8 now. Yes. Like it's, that it's in New York. It's that, ridiculous. And like how can you even argue that that's not price gouging? Right, right. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And what it's designed to do is to keep kids from buying these um, these blunts because a lot of the kids like to buy these cheap cigars like your favorite from a past show, the, uh, <laughs> the Black and uh, Mild. The Black and Mild. And, uh, and in some cases... Uh, use them as a disguise to put uh, to put weed in them. Well, I, guess what? By the time you get that law passed, weed's going to be legal in New York, and like it's it's a whole the whole thing is just pointless. It's so ridiculous. It, it's so just ridiculous. completely pointless. Plus, those aren't premium handmade cigars. No, no one and, buys premium and, handmade and, and, cigars and dumps a bunch of weed in it. That's, that's right. And no miners are buying premium handmade cigars. Well, Look remember around here. you see any miners our, coming in? One here? of our earliest shows, you actually had a study on there. Our FDA actually spent money, your money, money and mine. Yes, (laughs) not that they're gouging you or anything, but they actually spent your money on a study that came out with um, what was the percentage? It was like it was was, so ridiculous it didn't even count. Like it was less than one percent. People under eighteen buying handmade cigars is less than one percent. Yeah, essentially doesn't exist. Yeah, and I I could have told them that and saved us a lot of taxpayer money. (laughs) All they need to do is listen to me, and if they would listen to me, just think what a better place. <laughs> I never if they see would listen to me, America, th- this would be a better place. I never see a 12-year-old coming and going, I need a Rocky Patel Decade series, it's please. It's not happening. It's not happening. Now, <laughs> let me talk to you about Tell the Jaime Garcia. Um, first of all, this has been a fabulous cigar. 
I've enjoyed it immensely. Uh, I think, uh, and I didn't do the research in the break. I apologize, but I believe it's about an eleven dollars cigar. I might be off by a buck or two. But You're too I'm, busy talking about my band. Yes, and and how much I love them. They're fantastic. They're so entertaining. Um, during this last segment, when I was addressing America, this cigar actually went out. And so I did the first full relight. I did a touch-up earlier. Did the first full relight. And to be honest, with that much of it left, I was pretty worried. Because not a lot of cigars survive a relight once they're that Especially at that size, down. yeah. Yes. Um, I'm, not only did it survive, but I'm back to full enjoyment of this. I'm going to proclaim this an absolute winner. This is a fantastic Give cigar. Give me a price versus quality on that cigar. Let's say it's eleven dollars because I don't know for sure. And it's you know, eleven dollars. All right, thank you for saying that. I'm going to give it a six. Nice. I think it's performing like a fourteen or fifteen dollars cigar. And I don't smoke a lot of fourteen or fifteen dollars cigars, but if I did and it smoked like this, I'd feel like I was getting my money's worth. Awesome. So. I'm very, very impressed. And I have never tried this size before. I have tried Jaime Garcia's uh, cigars before and enjoyed them, but I don't think I've enjoyed them as much yeah, that's a as I've enjoyed ring gauge, this particular I think, one. Usually smoke it is. Too. I normally like a slightly smaller ring gauge, but this cigar, I don't know whether it was just perfectly conditioned and humidified, but it has smoked like a champ. And my only one complaint was that brief run that it mm-hmm. was taking. But when I touched it up, it, it corrected immediately. And that's about all you can ask for. That gives in a, a character. premium cigar. Yeah. Um, we ask a lot of you guys. We move the time of the show around sometimes. Uh, we're trying to go on the road and do some interesting and different things. But we so appreciate you finding us on this show. This has been super fun. We wanted to get Rigo Fernandez on, who's the proprietor. Uh, but we've not been able to get him. I don't think he's come in yet. I will say, though, that the lounge it's filling up is hopping. There. Yeah. And uh, people are down there smoking. I can see smoke coming up in people's cigars, but I don't see any smoke in the air. The smoke eaters are taking care of them. They so. have a smoke machine called the Smoke Eater. Yes. Smoke Eater. It almost looks like Smoke Kateer. Yes, Smoke Kateer. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you that not only do I recommend this Jaime Garcia very, very highly, not only did I find an IPA that was one of my favorite ones I've tried in a long time, but this is probably one of my favorite places to smoke that have ever been in. I love this place. I love the people that run it. I did get a chance to meet uh, Rigo when I was in a few nights ago. Uh, he was super nice, fun, warm, inviting. He runs a great establishment. And I'm going to encourage you, if you're in the Los Angeles area, you should support this guy because I love what he's doing. Yeah. Being an oasis for smokers in the middle of a really tough area for smokers and then i'm also going to say that if you are visiting los angeles and i know a lot of people do uh this is a you know you come here to go to universal studios or disneyland or uh go to santa monica beach or venice beach or whatever this is a place you should spend an evening Mm. come in here enjoy they've got a great bar selection we've tasted some fantastic beers uh the basil hayden was terrific um it's been an all-around great experience, and I've enjoyed it. It's fun being on the road with you, and uh, thanks to uh, Adam on the Wheels of Steel and Brianna for being here as well. Uh, it's, been, it's been a really fun show, and I've enjoyed this. The only thing that would be better is if 
like after we finish up here, if we were going to see your band play, that would be amazing. Wouldn't that be awesome? Would, well, the next time we come out to LA, we just have to make sure that we're booked at the Whiskey A Go Go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have to be there. It could be the Troubadour, I suppose, or it could yeah, be uh, Viper Room, but or even Molly Malone's Viper Room would actually be yeah. pretty good because we are the vi- the blackout the vipers. Blackout vipers that would so make the all Viper, the sense in the, the Viper world. Lounge. I think actually yeah. it is. But. Thank you, Facebook Live. Thank you to everybody who's downloading the show. And uh, thank you for spreading the word about uh, smoking and toasting. We do appreciate it. Find us on Facebook, like us, follow us on Facebook, whatever it is you're supposed to do. And thank you for being a part of the 83rd episode of this show. 83 episodes of smoking and toasting. That's pretty awesome. Thanks also to our uh, sponsors, the guys at B&B Butchers and Restaurant, for uh, being such awesome sponsors and having such amazing bacon and uh, and. And for giving Jeremiah a place to do that whirlwind dance that he does <laughs> that we enjoy seeing so much. Uh, I'm going to finally, uh, I think, uh, Ian, let's close the show by toasting to New York, who uh, scored a major victory with uh, the changes in the bill. Uh, cheers to you and to everyone cheers. listening and everyone in New York. Cheers. This has been Smoking and Toasting. <laughs>